Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, divine all blessed. It's another edition of Revolutionary Couple men, couple men. My caller number is 845 When you're ready with your question, comment, or Come back home to Africa. Come back home. 
reiteration, it is my reality, all is a blessing. And it's crucial to the very foundation of my being, my walk, my works, my understanding, my demonstration, where I begin and where I end, and of course, how I confront and address crossroads and roadblocks that might show up along the journey. I am indeed humbled by each and every one of you that I may not have acknowledged or may have acknowledged already. Greetings, Daniel Jackson. We're going to talk about shadow work. Greetings, 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 DP. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about dark matter, dark energy. Beloved Orisha, Eba Orisha, Moses Ba Orisha, it means praises to the Orisha. It means give thanks and honor to the Orisha, Eba Orisha, Moji Ba Orisha. That's what I'm saying when I say that, beloved. <laughs> greetings, greetings. All is a blessing. All is a blessing. Listen, don't be scared. Don't run away. I know this is a tough topic. I know this is a tough subject matter for many of us to include myself. But indeed, this is a sacred space a sacred space that we create and recreate. Indeed, the ability to create and recreate sacred space, in my opinion, is what makes us human. Our ability to create and recreate sacred space, our ability to create and recreate peace. Animals don't necessarily have control of that. Vegetation doesn't necessarily have control of that. Fungi doesn't necessarily have control of that. But we have that distinction among humanities, the ability to create and recreate, not just sacred space, but the realities in which we operate in, in which we exist in at any given time or moment. Uh, there's no video on YouTube. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, it, it, it would take me a moment to stop and go look and check so um, I, I don't know. It seems to be okay on my end. Um, it seems to be okay on my end, beloved. So, yeah, it's okay on my end. So I'm, I'm not sure. It could be you. We're going to talk about shadow work, y'all. Greetings, Mr. Rodriguez. Divine peace and blessings. Greetings, greetings, and Angela, fantastic. Welcome, Leroy Walker. Leroy Walker. Um, the best time to come to me? That's a great question, and I appreciate that. Now, Leroy Walker, do you mean come to me physically? <laughs> now, you've given me an opportunity. You've given me a segue. Um, I'm opening up again to not just the members of this house and, and the godchildren and the clientele that we work with already, but I'm, I'm opening up again to the public but I have very, very strict protocols, very strict protocols. I've already put it to the test over, over this past weekend, and um, for the most part, it went well. Uh, on an occasion or two, it, it didn't necessarily go well. And the parts that didn't go well are consistent pre-COVID-19, and that is you just can't show up without an appointment. That's always been the rule. You just can't show up without an appointment. I get it. I'm on TV. I get it. I get it. You've seen me in documentaries. I get it. I do. I get it that I'm available. How available is Dr. Bill? How, how available 
is a Iyana Van Zandt. How, how available, you know, are some of you mega churches and your mega pastors and your big bishops? So I, I'm available, but I require an appointment. I require an appointment. And save for, save for, except for urgent care requests, I respond with appointment times, dates up to 24 to 48 hours after receiving your written email request, your formal email request, and your PayPal donation. It's too easy. It may not be you, but it's too easy for others and sometimes tourists to show up at 10 o'clock in the morning and they want to see you right now and, you know, I got to be at the airport by five. That's an urgent care request. And someone with the level of coverage and exposure that I have, I can't handle that. Unless you pre-planned, pre-planned RSVP, you know, uh, three weeks, four weeks, a month. It, it depends on, on the season. Um, unless you pre-planned, you can't just show up. Otherwise, it will be considered an urgent care request. And typically, I respond within eight hours. Typically. And I'll let you know what's available. Uh, all in-house appointments. COVID-19 season, all in-house appointments are ritual care, are ritual care. Now, that's an added bonus because before, in-house requests might just be a reading. Now, all in-house requests, no matter the type of reading, no matter the type of consultation, no matter the type of divination, are considered ritual care requests, not just for the benefit of you, but for the benefit of me not just for the benefit of your request, but we're, we're battling the COVID-19. And there's certain loa, there's certain saints, there's certain orisha, there's certain deities and powers that authentic practitioners feed in a season like this. Omolu Oye would be one of them. And so all in-house requests are considered ritual care. So if you can... If it's already in your practice, you can. If you're already initiated, you can. But if you're just visiting or you're a tourist, if you can, wear all whites. Wear all whites. I'm also asking that you bring, and I'm not just asking, it's a requirement. If if I'm going to open up my house in the season of COVID-19, these protocols are a requirement for that to happen. For your safety, for my safety, for your comfortability, for my comfortability, for the comfortability of the saints and the ancestors that dwell in this space, and for the battling of the COVID-19. So if you can, now if you can't, I get it. If you can, wear white. I'd appreciate that. Bring a a blanket, a sheet, an extra cover of some sort. Bring at least, at least a fifth of 90 proof alcohol or better 90 proof one-on-one 100 proof but at least 90 proof or better and a fifth now listen if this is too much i get it their readers i'm sure are still out in jackson square (laughs) i'm sure their readers that are still available you know in the french quarter in some of these shops and, and and they might have less 
protocols that they might be easier to get to. I have to follow spirit. Spirit. You can't be a guy on the street <clears throat> excuse me, at 13, 14, 15, 16, uh, trying to make your way in life and not learn how to acknowledge spirit. I acknowledge spirit. So if it's too much, then you need to have a virtual appointment, virtual, Skype, phone appointment, email appointment, but you can't come in the house. You need to have at least a fifth or larger of 90 proof or better alcohol or liquor. Now, some of you already know why. There's a ritual purpose to that, and there's a practical purpose to that. In glass bottles, not plastic, whenever possible, glass bottles. I don't fool with, with plastic. That's a whole nother conversation. Rum, barbancourt, whiskey, bourbon, gin, brandy, vodka, cognac, just not 90 proof or better. If, if you're coming into the house, at least two or more seven-day candles. And preferably white, but but you can bring seven-day candles in the color of your choosing. That's good, too. You can bring two or more seven-day burning candles, but but if you want to bring a two-week burning candle, we're grateful for that offering, too. This is all for Omolu Oye, Babalu Oye. This is all to induce the antidote, to feed the antidote. Fresh cola nut, if you have it, have access to it. Coconut, if you don't. Cowrie shells, if you have them, we absolutely accept them. And whenever possible, whenever possible, bottles of Florida water. Okay, bottles of Florida water. We're grateful always for bottles of Florida water. And some some particular people ask me, by the way, for this list. I mean, they actually asked me to do it a little bit more uh, going to Amazon and I'll do that eventually. But this is what I'm requesting and the spirits are requesting right now. If you are coming into the house, if you're coming into the house, now I can assist you without you coming into the house. That predates COVID-19. Okay. But COVID-19 Right now, coronavirus and this season of escalation and this season of people who still don't get it and this season of people who, who think it's not real, I'm not playing. Respect the voodoo. This, this voodoo is real. I'm not playing. Not playing. Someone pushed back PayPal. No, don't bring me money. Money is filthy, period. Always has been. My mom and her generation... You know, the women wore white gloves. That's one of the reasons you wear white gloves in church, by the way, is to maintain sanity, to maintain purity. And so back in the day, women didn't handle money, didn't go to the bank without gloves. Back in the Lucille Ball days, back in my grandma days, you know, back in my mother's days, the, the, the predating the 60s, maybe, women... Uh, Culture women, cultured women, <laughs> a women of a certain status, a women of a certain knowledge base wore gloves. And so my mama still do that. She's doing that right now. If my mama has to go to the mailbox, 
Okay, yeah. So no money, no money. As a rule, I don't keep money in the house anyway. Never have. So PayPal, PayPal, PayPal. No Cash App, no. Don't trust Cash App. None of the other tricky, funny apps. No, 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 no. PayPal, 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 okay? And uh, we might take a tip, maybe, but it's going to be placed in the shrine. It's not going to be in, a, in an accessible area, and it won't be touched for some time until it's had some opportunity to be sanitized. Um, and, of course, offerings and donations are always gratefully accepted for the house and for the ministry. RSVP. You must. It's very few people who can get in here without RSVP. Celebrities, of course, and urgent care and higher level urgent care celebrities. Yes, but as a rule, no. Especially if I don't know you, you're not a gotcha, we're not familiar with you, you've never been in the house before. No, you, you can't just show up. No, please don't do it. I had a heartbreaking incident happen. Um, I'm going to say back during the winter, maybe. Uh, maybe back during the fall, and some people drove from, I don't know, Rhode Island, I, I think it was, Maine, so somewhere ridiculously far up, up the East Coast, um, without an appointment. Now, with all due respect, they are drivers professionally for a living. Okay, but you still decided to gather up, pack up, and drive here and ring my bell when I was filming at the time and not get a sitting. And they were pleasant about it. You know, there was no beef, but that's heartbreaking. Don't do that. Especially in the season of Corona, don't do that. And listen, I've had people at the door every day. Listen, I'm not making this up. Every day for the last two weeks, I've had it I'm not going to count numbers, but I had people at my door. Don't do that. Uh, and then they show up with no mask on. <laughs> okay? They, they have to, hey, with no mask on. No, 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 no. You must wear a mask. You must wear a mask. You must wear a mask. You're also going to be distanced quite a bit from me during, during the reading. Um. I've, ex- I've expanded space for that reason. So I have a whole room now set just for readings, divination, connecting and consulting with the ancestors, the communication center, if you will. And so you'll be at least, okay, from this corner <laughs> to that corner, and, and maybe a little bit further than that in distance away from me. But you still were required to wear a mask. My my assistant Carmen Santiago is still going to need you to wear a mask. Um, so so you need to wear a mask. You need to wear a mask. You need to wear a mask. Um, you cannot touch anything in the house. Nothing. My assistants and I will assist you and cater to you and your every need. But you can't. T- that's why we're not taking money, cash. Can't touch anything in the house, and in the event that something is, you know, required, Epo and, you know, a, a Grigri, a, you know, of course, she and I will make it, perform it, create it, sanctify it, 
you know, et cetera, et cetera. But there won't be no hand to hand. If if there's some hand to hand combat, you better believe nine one one is on their way. Otherwise, no, there's there will be no physical contact. None, 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 no hugging, none, none. Now you're you're welcome to acknowledge shrines, acknowledge the altar, acknowledge the spirits, acknowledge the ancestors, and those of you in the traditions understand that there's a way that we do that. That that's okay, you know, and, and we're keeping things clean. We're keeping things sanitized. Um, so I'm looking forward to, once again, connecting with people uh, closer up. Not this close up as we are, but, but closer up, at least in the same uh, vicinity. Um, there will be things that will be done exclusively outside. So not everything will require us being inside entirely as well. Uh, and please document and record, document and record, document and record. Uh, I don't know any other practitioners, really, tarot readers, psychics, et cetera, that emphasize that to the degree that I do. Document and record, document and record. It, it takes a certain level of confidence. To Some would say it's, uh, it's arrogance. It's not arrogance. It, it's confidence. Understand, I, I have Asperger's. Asperger syndrome. So I'm not, I'm not wired like a lot of people. I don't process things the way a lot of people do. And, and one of my celebrity clientele reminded me of that earlier today. It, it may very well be my gift. It, it may very well be why I'm wired to connect with spirit and to connect with ancestors and communicate with the dead and, and to trans-possess deities, you know, with fluidity in the manner in which I, I, I do. It's it's science for me. It's mechanical for me. It, it, it separates me, if you will, from my own humanness. So it may be my own cover for dealing with life on life's terms, if you will, as someone who's an empath with Asperger's syndrome. But um, my ability to project life and healing and empowerment beyond my limitations is what makes me unique, is indeed what, what, what makes me who I am. So, you know, I, I'm a little particular. I'm a Labor Day Virgo. My astrologers in the audience understand Labor Day Virgo, 9566 you know. Um, I'm particular, but particularly when it comes to this COVID-19. And Carmen Santiago, Santiago Benedicciones, beloved Benedicciones, um, she's not playing either. And I'm not about to expose her or Tony Val, my sister wife, or anybody else in my crew or my staff, my help. We're not playing with COVID-19. So I know that was a lot, beloved. I know that was a lot, but this COVID-19 is that serious. Omolu Oye is that serious. If you're coming to our house, yes, it's that serious. And if I'm asking too much, please, please, please humbly schedule a phone consultation, a Skype consultation, a viral appointment, but but these are the protocols in the season of COVID-19 right now 
for coming into the house. Um, of course, if you send me an email, I'm sure Kiona popped my email in there while I was doing all that talking. I'm going to send it to you. I got it typed out. I, I, I just quote it back to you from my document. <laughs> I have it typed out. Um, I'm consistent. Anyone who's ever had a reading from me would tell you the level of, of my documentation and my consistency in, in regards to that. Um, Angela, uh, fantastic. Greetings, beloved. I hope I hope I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> I, I, they say, who the hat fit, let him wear it. But Marty said, who the cap fit, let him wear it. But, but beloved, I hope I wasn't talking about you, really. I, I, I hope not. But it's been quite a few visitors, yes, and, and many of them just show up at the door, and they show up without a mask, and they show up without an appointment. You know, you can expect someone who's on TV in the U.S. and the U.K. to just be able to answer the door like that. The fact that I do is what makes it New Orleans. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable in my city. I'm, I'm safe in my city. I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm safe in my neighborhood, you know. But I, I got to maintain some level of sacredness, but also cleanliness and, and order in, in, in COVID-19. So please, beloved, I, I, I appreciate you. Um, if you still want a reading, a consultation, just send me an email, and we can do that by way of Skype. I'm really encouraging. Hey, Ra, singer, greetings, beloved. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really encouraging more of you to use Skype so that you do have a more in-house, up-close, in-person um, consultation with me. Yes, Tia, we want to talk about shadow work. I know I've spent 30 minutes yapping. Um, and we can talk about shadow work right now. Now, if you're talking about Personally, send me an email, and we can work on, on what you might be addressing. But I'm going to talk about um, shadow work today. And, of course, I'm going to mix a little quantum metaphysics in there and a little cultural, cultural understanding in there as it relates to shadow work. Shadow work as a verbiage is new. Shadow work is a newer, modern concept, if you will. We might not have called it shadow work back in the day. We might not have referred to it as shadow work uh, in Fon or, or Khan or Ebe or, or, or Yoruba. So, of course, it's a modern vernacular in terms of the word usage. But in terms of what it is, it has always existed. It has always been with us. Science Here's the quantum metaphysics coming in. Science is just now catching up. Just like in the last four years, I believe it is, uh, science is now documenting the presence of ancestral memory surviving in the blood, surviving in the DNA. So science is now also addressing, by way of string theory, dark energy and dark matter. Now, understand dark energy and dark matter are not the same thing. Dark energy is sort of this force, this power, if you will, that, that's still not quite described, discernible, but exists in the universe and is causing uh, the universe to both expand and contract in a way that science is still trying, trying to figure out. So that dark energy moves things around. 
and the things that are being moved around is dark matter. Now, we are affected by all energy, all energy. Understand things in creation are energy. And so when we talk about good or bad, light and dark, you know, righteousness and evil, you know, when, when we talk about it in it, real three-dimensional, four-dimensional, concrete, you know, dimensions, we're really talking about physical matter. Atoms, light, molecules, all the other stuff is emotion, is belief, is philosophy, is indeed energy, a form of energy unto itself. And so there's no such thing as getting rid of the dark energy, getting rid of evil, getting rid of negative energy. That energy has to be clean, purified. It can be removed, but it's got to be sent somewhere. Just like we process nature without being too graphic to gain our our minerals and our energy, you know, and and then we have to remove it, you know, in that one particular room in our house, you know, and then it's flushed away and it goes back into creation again. So we have a very linear attitude about what energy is, about what being blessed is, about what being accursed is. And it's really secular. It's really a process of being in balance and, and finding your position in, in any given moment in time, place, and then utilizing that energy for your good. And, and both the removal, which happens, which is one of the processes of shadow work, but also the regaining of light. Now, what's the importance of shadow work? I think me answering what the importance of shadow work is, beloved, is also me answering what is shadow work. And shadow work is addressing all that stuff, all that energy that we don't want to address. The pain, the trauma, the past, you know, sometimes we look at it as, well, but that's the past. You know, but it might be your childhood. It might be your upbringing. It might be that tragic event, you know, that, that took place at any given point in your life spectrum, you know, that all becomes a part of our shadow work when we don't heal it, fix it, repair it. And so the the again, the notion that all energy was created at the Big Bang, at at the beginnings of the universe, the the swirl that is yin and yang, if you will. So shadow work is about addressing that which exists in the shadows of our minds, of our consciousness of our understanding that disrupts our ability to be happy, be at peace, to function normally, to operate in a, in a way that's conducive to our best interests, that's in line with the reflection of our God. And so that's why we need shadow work. That's what shadow work is. Uh, I hope I, I addressed at least that from, a, from an initial perspective. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now, again, string theories and science is a bit complicated and convoluted for not just for me, but for many of us. So I don't want to digress too much in that language, except for those of you who understand that and who ask questions in regards to that. 
I invite you to join me on my phone lines, if you will, at 845-277-9143. I also invite you to join me live here on screen, on camera, if you will, and be a part of this conversation about dark energy, dark matter, and then shadow work. And so dark energy, as we know it, uh, dark events, uh, negative events, tragedy, PTSD, post-traumatic slave disorder, you know, all those things that are not addressed at any given life cycle is then now set up in the universe really with the opportunity to be readdressed again later. All the water that we'll ever have is, is here. Unless it comes in by way of a comet or a meteor, it, it's here. All, all the resources that we'll ever have are here with us on the planet, but they are recycled. They, they, are, they are gone through the process of creation and, and recreation. And so when you think of nature in that way, I think of nature as being very plastic, something that we can push and pull and shape, if you will, like clay. Again, in line with your head, with your consciousness to match what's not only in your best interest, but what's in the best interest of your destiny. And in the best case scenario, your, your God self is, is ruling and leading you towards your destiny, not your flesh man, not your carnal body, not your energetic body, not your ethnic body, but indeed your head, indeed, or read, and indeed, Consciousness is what creates and shapes our reality. So if you don't believe something exists or you don't believe something uh, has power or, or, or lacks validity, uh, then it's indeed of no use to you. It, it doesn't make it not real, <laughs> but it's of no use to you if you know you have it, if you don't know how to access it, if you don't know how to utilize it or apply it. And move it into motion for your best interest and those of your friends, your family, your peer group, your inner circle, etc. Greetings, Kiona, beloved. Thank you for coming on in with me. What's going on? I'm so happy that we're talking about this topic. Give thanks, girl. You got to say more than one sentence and then leave all that dead air behind you.
feeling that I've been portrayed. I feel like I have lies in my back. I feel like, you know, um, maybe, maybe I'll take some last one. I just keep saying like this, this kingdom, you know, and I want to know what part of the kingdom was I part of, you know, um, what, what was my position. And so I, I really like this topic because I really want to understand more. And, you know, I, I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression. You know, uh, we're friendly. We're, we're close. Keona shows up and does a great job for me, you know, here as, as, a, as a moderator. But let's not give people the, you know, the assumption that you're actively doing the work. And that would be my answer to what you're saying. You and I still ain't did the reading. You and I still haven't started moving forward in, in that ancestral work of divination. So that would change the complexity in which I will respond to what you're saying. Our ancestors indeed are our first line of defense um, in, in all things. And, and, and I'm going to elaborate on that too. Give me a second. Um, Leroy Walker, yes. Depending on the request, d- depending on what, what type of shadow work is being 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 looked at. Uh, but as um, Keona sort of eloquently laid out, your shadow work shows up in your dreams. It shows up in your relationships. It shows up in your partnerships. It, it shows up in how you interact w- with yourself in, in the world. And, you know, my, my gotchas hear me say all the time that your ancestors, if they see you step out into the road, and it's a truck coming, they'll bop you in the head. You know, they'll box your ears. Uh, they're trying to get your attention in a much more aggressive way in, in, in which we view God. And, and some of you are having some struggles right now with the concept of God, what God is, particularly as you look at it as it's displayed in Yoruba uh, and, and Ifa. And so we say Olo Damare, we say Olo Fi, we say Olo Rum, we say Olo Rumila, you know. And I often describe that as God of God of water, God of nature, God of life, God of death. You know, depending on the language, we, we give it different sayings. We give it different, you know, pronunciations. We generalize things in English. We've generalized things in, in, in this Christian, Western, Greco-Roman, Islamic, Judaic scenario that we're all sort of operating out of right now. And so the ability to develop an indigenous mindset, a more natural mindset, a, a younger mindset. I even describe it as being like a child, you know, and how child views nature, views science. And, and still sees and lives and envisions magic. So when we're not in balance, Keona, when, when we're not doing all the work, when we're not addressing the stuff, it'll show up in your dreams. It'll show up in your relationship. You know, sometimes it's in your communication within the relationship. Sometimes it's in your ability to maintain relationship. But, but that energy has to show up somewhere. All energy was created at the beginning of time, at the Big Bang, if you will. 
So, so when we see that yin-yang, when we see that swirl of light and darkness, we in the West start thinking good and bad, negative and positive, which are really, really Western word uses, Western ways of sort of viewing things. There's a natural process of growth and development and, and, and using what we need from creation and then returning back to creation that, that would which creation also needs. So this removing of the energy, this getting rid of the past, this overcoming, you know, this, this negative stuff, it, it's not some linear thing that we do that's a straight line. It, it, it's, it's a spherical, like a crystal ball, all sides have to be addressed. All directions have to be addressed. And, and Eshu stands at the center, the center post of that of that sphere. And, and one of his names, Eshu Loroye, Eshu Loroye means the Eshu that turns, that, that, that twirls. And so it's in that that we regain our positioning at any point in life, at, at any point in any particular scenario. So I would say, girlfriend, let's do that work. Let, let's do that work. I, I, I suggest... <laughs> That's not a left or right. All of us 
you know, had a limited vision. But as I got older and more spiritual and started initiating and developing the interests that many of us share, you know, in, in, in witchcraft and religion and in philosophy and science and magic and et cetera, you know, I looked at math very differently. I, I looked at science very differently. And I, and I found myself as an adult in my 20s and my 30s, my 40s, and now, of course, by way of the Internet, you know, reading all kind of math books, all kind of science books, chemistry, you know, just from the perspective of quartz crystal. Understand what is crystal? What's the chemistry? What's the hardness level? What makes one mineral different from another? And you realize that all minerals, just like in our body, have a purpose. And those that don't have a purpose, our body passes it out in its own way and back into creation. So even the holding of this negative energy is a selfish act. You're denying creation. You're denying the universe that with which it needs to survive. So you've got to let that energy go. That energy has to be released back into nature. You're denying, you know, what's good for you might not be good for the next person. What's good for the goose is good for the gander is what they say. But we all don't eat the same fruit. We all don't eat the same meat. We all don't drink the same drink. You know, and so my trash might be your treasure. Your treasure might be garbage to me, you know. And so we have to understand that even in the holding and the withholding of that negative energy, we're preventing what naturally should take place, what spiritually should take place. Often when we hold that energy, we are preventing those around us from growing, and particularly those that we believe are party to, in some way, our pain or our tragedy. It's the most healing thing for me to have my mom be active in healing. Her own healing and my healing, Wapani's healing and the family's healing. And to be active in it, to be participating in it, not just from a group perspective, but also from a personal perspective and having to do her own work as the mom and we doing our own work as the children and then we doing our own work as siblings. So addressing the work, it always comes back to doing at home work, right, Fiona? Addressing the work is critical in doing shadow work. I think the misunderstanding is that if I don't think about it, if I don't look at it, if we don't talk about it, it'll just go away. Energy don't just go away. It don't just disappear. That can be reused. It can be recycled. What might not be important to you might be important to the fungi and germ nature and, and bacterial nature and, and other forms of life, you know, we might not eat rotten meat, but other things in creation do. You might not eat cilantro, but other people and things in creation do. And, and so this energy has to be looked at, at as an equal resource to how we view other resources. And here in the West, we view all resources out of balance. Many of us are disconnected from where our food comes from. Many of us are di- disconnected from the process involved in, in our, our foods. And that t- typically is the case the younger you are. 
You know, our small children now who've never seen a farm, who might live in the city, who, who might live in a circumstance that, that doesn't afford them to travel. They might live in an environment where their peer, their parents, their siblings, you know, that environment may not be edifying in, in that way. You know, I'm grateful for for my mom, again, as an empath and a spiritualist with Asperger syndrome, for being an educator and then being creative about that. You know, my mom was an Afro-pick, Afro-wearing teacher in, in the 70s, the 60s and the 70s, uh, and into the 80s to some degree. Um, and so she was the first revolutionary that I knew. She, she was the first Black power woman that I knew. She was the first queen mother that I knew, the first black goddess that I knew. It was my mom. And so in our house, it was mandatory that we went to the library every Saturday. Every Saturday. I mean, from like three years old up. From, from, the, from, from the age that you start reading, start teaching your kids to read every Saturday. And, and you had to pick out, you know, books of your choice. Two, three, five, ten, whatever. And read them. And, and in many cases, had to write a book report on them. Had to go into some greater detail and elaboration on them. Uh, I'm grateful for a mother that took me to museums, that, that took me to theater, that took me to, that took me to see symphony, that, that introduced me to church, that, that introduced me to, to Negro spirituals, that introduced me to Black history, you know. And, and it's a conversation that we're all having uh, every day, because I have it with some of you every day, about how to operate in this society, in this system, you know, with yourself and your children, but particularly now in the season of COVID-19. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But it has everything to do with my spiritual attitude, my spiritual motivation if you will. And so I don't just preach work to make it sound hard or because it is hard or, or, or to stress the hardness. It's only as hard as you perceive it to be. Just like jogging, just like going to the gym. <laughs> it's only as hard as you perceive it to be. It's only as hard as your body is capable to handle. It's only as, as hard as your body is or is not in shape. So it's only as hard as your spirit is or is not in shape. If you're not exercising your spirit, if you're not exercising your, your emotion, if you're not exercising your, your, your inner world, then just like your body, you lose control of it to some degree. And so that indeed affects your reality. We, we talked about conspiracy theories the other day. Is it possible that African-Americans particularly are more prone to conspiracy theorists because of PTSD. Now, if we talk about a really painful issue, you know, uh, like rape, for instance, you know, and then a woman said, well, I'm uncomfortable, maybe even paranoid when I'm out in public, when I'm alone, when I'm in certain spaces. We, we, would, we would understand that. But as a society, and even as people, and even as individuals, we, we don't process what PTSD is individually. Oh, we can have a conversation about it, you know, as a group, you know, and, and talk about 
what's going on and what we see. And okay, but individually, and that's a part of doing shadow work. It's a part of the necessity of doing shadow work. And we all have voices, not just the schizophrenic. We all have voices. You know, our mom's voice, our dad's voice, your grandparents' voice, whoever raised you, whoever educated you. We we all hear voices. You know, sometimes the cartoons have the you know the, the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. We all hear variations, even your own variations in, in your mind, in your head, in your spirit at any given crossroad in life. Should I go to the left? Should I go to the right? Should I go forward? Should I go backwards? Should I go up? Should I go down? Or should I drive through? And, and when we get to a place in this industrialized, modernized world where we're disconnected from that, that's when you become lemmings. That's when you, it's the follow the leader. That's when you become victim and, and, and become moved around by dark matter and dark energy that is not of your own doing, that is not of your own creation. A man without a plan is always subject to someone else's plan. A woman without a plan is always subject to someone else's plan. And what good is a plan that you have that you don't follow, that you don't follow through on, that you don't write down and document and and keep up with? It's like a process that I'm going through right now learning and relearning to budget, learning and relearning how to manage, you know, your expenses, learning and relearning how much you got coming in and how much you got going out. And we pay a whole lot of attention to our money, to our bills, to our children, but but we don't think about energy. How much energy are we giving out? How much energy are we taking in? Some of you are just sponges for vampires. Some of you are just sponges for vampires, sponges for leeches, sponges for parasites. And unfortunately, I see a higher count among women even than men. You're taking care of the kids. You're taking care of that man. You're taking care of that husband. You're taking care of your mama. You're taking care of your sister, your brother, you know, the disabled individuals in your family, you know, and you're not thinking about energy exchange, going in and and coming out. And so that too, Keona, becomes a part of that dark matter. Uh, that too becomes a part of that dark energy, I should say. Dark matter is said to be somehow physical but not discernible, at least yet, by science. But they know it to be physical and exist in, 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 in space if you will, and we know the macrocosm mirrors the microcosm. So if it, it exists up there, then it manifests down here in some way. So I would say that dark matter is a product of all of our creations, what we create and recreate in other dimensional spheres of time. So for my regular listeners, you already are familiar with string theory. For my new listeners, understand that string theory suggests, you can Wikipedia string theory suggests that in order for this reality that we all share to exist, then we must exist in at least 11 dimensional spaces simultaneously at once. And time only 
manifests in one dimensional space. Time is one dimension. That's why time is really secular because it's, it's more than that linear one dimensional perspective that we often give to it by that clock on the wall, you know? So whatever you can dream, whatever you can envision, whatever your nightmare already exists, it exists in another dimensional reality. And our, our goal is to draw in, to pull in that reality that mirrors our best interest, that mirrors our best self. So they say at least 11 dimensional spaces. So when you consider mental health, schizophrenia, altered states of consciousness, altered states of awareness, there are other dimensional spaces there that science can't even map yet. String theory suggests that the, the weirdest thing you can envision in your mind right now that you can create is really real on another dimensional space. It might not be right here until you bring it into our reality. So when you journal it, when you paint it, when you draw it, when you build it, when you shape it, when you craft it, you're bringing it out of another dimensional space and bringing it into our reality. Now, we overgeneralize and we re- reduce all that down to mind and thought and, and creativity, but we're really pulling from a universal databank, the Akashic record, if you will. So there's nothing new under the sun. It, on the occasion, my song might sound like your song, you know, and, and folks go to court and battle it out over plagiarizing, you know, but, but in other cases, they're real plagiarists. You know, I don't want to disparage uh, the music industry in, in terms of, of that, but nothing's new under the sun. I, I found in my own life uh, things that I've created, ideas that I've had, things that I've designed on paper have shown up. You'd swear somebody stole your idea. You, you'd swear somebody was looking over your shoulder when you thought about that notion and you did not move fast enough on it. You did not manifest it quickly enough. And before you know it, someone else has created that idea. So, someone else has put that product. And, and that's happened. That's happened to some people in this room. You had inventions. You had ideas. But you didn't put them into action. And you see other people manifesting that right now. <laughs> you, you see other people doing that right now. So, so all of that is part and partial to shadow work and Dark energy and dark matter is more scientific. We say it might be more scientific in terms of mapping or, or understanding what happens to our energy once it leaves our body. You know, our energy passes through our environment. It, it passes through our, our peers. It passes through your children. How, how does love Manifest and how does that pass on to your child? So in what you do, how you treat the child, you know, you, you might hug your child, you might kiss your child on the cheek, you know, give them a squeeze and that energy passes through and then it permeates the environment and those who share the environment, those who witness the environment. And in the best case scenario, others in the environment demonstrate that energy, demonstrate that behavior as it passes through creation, as it passes through the community and then back out into creation. 
So, so too, your trauma, your bereavement. Oh, please heal the bereavement. There's a lot of bereavement right now. People are literally passing away with no funerals, no gatherings, no repasts, no family reunions. You know, that energy has to set up somewhere. We are setting ourselves up. Listen, this is scary, especially to my therapists and my uh, consultants. And, you know, we're setting ourselves up for a great deal of dark energy that will show up in two years, three years, five years, seven years as other toxic issues in our lives among humanity. You know, there'll be more mental health, of course. There might be more imprisonment. There might be more conflict if we don't address the healing. There's all of that that we didn't heal before corona. But now we got this extra layer of corona, you know, on us right now. And we still don't know, is this going to be like the dark plague? Is this going to be like the bubonic plague? Is this going to be like the Spanish flu? We still don't really know that. We still don't really know to what degree this will or will not be with us, around us, something that we'll have to deal with in, in some way until they come up with viable solutions. And that's going to take time. But the energy now that we're setting in, that we're absorbing, and some of us are absorbing it well, you know, because you, you have to to hold it together for your kids. You have to hold it together for your, your spouse. You have to hold it together for the elders in, in, in your family. And some of you are holding well together. Others, it's showing up in other ways. Did you know, speak how we eat, you know, how we entertain ourselves, how we're spending our money right now, how we're focusing our energy. I catch myself every day, shadow work, every day in my feelings. I'm not, I have Asperger's. I'm not an in my feelings kind of guy. There have been times where Potty would have bopped me over my head to be more in my feelings, appropriately in my feelings. My mama, you know, there, there's been times where my mama would have loved that I was more uh, uh, demonstrative emotionally. But in the course of this season, and look at the moon cycle, y'all. Look at the moon calendar. Look at the astrology of the day. You know, I, I'm in my feelings at least once a day, privately, privately. And so I have a moment, and I have to separate what's real and what's not. I, I have to separate what I control from what I cannot control. I have to separate what's my energy from the client's energy or the family member's energy or the friend's energy. And, we, and if you don't have time to think about that, which most of us would not under normal circumstances, like a common cold, like the flu, that becomes dark energy, and then it spreads throughout creation. Once it leaves you, once it leaves your community, once it leaves your pod, it, it becomes a part of the universal dynamic. We can't hide from racism. We can't overlook racism. We can't outlive racism. We we can't pray for the by and by of racism, you know. We just can't. And some of you believe there there will never be a by and by. Some of you have just accepted as your reality that it is what it is, always will be what it is, and then you're operating in it from that perspective. But we have a unique opportunity right now to deal with the shadow work 
associated with white supremacy and racism. And as I've already uh, described, it's going to require not just communal work or universal work or community work or grassroots work, but it's going to require individuals. Make sure that the racism isn't in you. Make sure the white supremacy isn't in you. Make sure you don't have COVID. Make sure you don't have the flu and you pass it. Make sure you don't have syphilis and the gonorrhea and you, and you passing it on, you know, without warning anybody, without telling anybody, without giving, you know, we, we are eventually going to go down that road of, of communication and discovery, y'all. This, this eventually will be...
separate from our tragic childhood. Many of us come from that background. And so many are passing this information. I got a celebrity client right now listening to us that's passing that information through that church cipher. Even if you're not actively going to church, even if you're not actively reading the Bible, even if you, you know, that's never been, that's the world that we exist in in the West. And so the notion that I can take the pink stuff, I can take a pill, and I'm going to be good. I can eat what I want, and I'll be good. I I can not exercise. All I got to do is take a pill. Give me a this, give me a a, a that, you know. And so we're a a society now literally and figuratively of pill takers, even if you personally aren't a pill taker. So we we don't want to do that necessary work. So when you say, how do I do it without a mentor? How, how do I do it? Do we read books? We already doing that. <laughs> you know, do, do we communicate with other people who are stuck exactly where we are? We already doing that. Are, are we doing anything right now that's in our best interest moving forward? But, but if we're not whole, if, if we're not well, you know, you got a toothache and you're not willing to go to a dentist, but how do I address that without getting somebody to intervene? That's not an attack, beloved. That was an honest response to your question. Um, greetings to Goddess Initiative. Greetings, Neophyte Bokor. Please come on in. I can't hear you, beloved. The Goddess Okay, I'm here. Just checking something. All right. Um, uh, it, it's great to be around everybody today. It's great to be in the presence of everybody's uh, marvelous energy. <laughs> um, I, I want to add to um, something here. Uh, I'm wondering if if people are addressing their fear of their own shadow work. I know when I was doing mine, um, I, I was definitely afraid of myself. What I was capable of, my potential, if I was living up to my own potential, things of that nature, um, uh, anger issues, these little things that add up to larger things given time. Um, I'm wondering how many people are, when they're, when they're faced with doing this shadow work, are they afraid of their own reflection? Absolutely. They're afraid of their own reflection. They're, they're, they're afraid of reality. Um, they have questions about, okay, well, once I see it, what do I do with it? How do I address it? You know, how, you know, and then there's fears with the work, even associated with that. So, yeah, yeah, it has everything to do with fear. And even fear can become a shadow. Because, again, for, for the black man and woman in America, who would say, would you say we are right to be fearful of the police? Or would you say we are paranoid? Would you say we have a would you say we have a legitimate reason to be concerned about COVID nineteen and Tuskegee, you know, viral tests and experimentation, or, or are we being paranoid? And and then there's a, a a reality in that that's that's true, that's factual, that's evidence, but then that fear can grow, and that fear can grow unchecked, especially if you don't have right information, or the pot is being stirred right now by people who want to manipulate the truth 
for the sake of, of entertainment. So, yeah, fear has everything to do with why we don't confront uh, shadow work. Come on in, God. Can I have a home? Yes. Okay. your professional response. I, I really do. Um, because I'm not, you know, degreed. I'm not a, a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. But I appreciate the validation. And I'd appreciate if you would speak to projecting. And particularly from that therapeutic standpoint. You know, my understanding of projection is um, that shadow work that we don't want to face. Mm-hmm. To do, but we see it in everybody around us. Absolutely. I can give myself an example. The main thing that get on my nerves about my husband are things that I'm lacking in. Now, it's on a different level. You understand what I'm saying? It might not be, you know, I have this great ego that I'm procrastinating. 
so it's in our music and, and, and in the product. And all the while, there are the puppet masters, if you will, behind the scenes who are in taking in the money, whether it's the pharmaceutical company, whether it's the, the, the drug market, you know, whether it's the fast food places that, that are making their very living off of us being stuck, us not moving forward, us not progressing. You know, and so 
there's that judgment that passes through that self-judging filter. And so you hear everything as a judgment. And then there's that judgment that you hear, like I often take it, as, as beneficial. You know, I wish I heard more judgment. I wish I heard more criticism. I, I, take, I take it and I refine my show. I refine my ministry. Every, every time I hear a complaint, every time I hear what ain't working or what didn't work, fine-tune that. And so that, that comes off as aggressive to people, you know, especially if you're dealing with a high number of, of clients, as I am, on a consistent basis. There, there are certain things that you hear routinely, that you hear consistently, that you hear repeated you know, from people within your your environment. So um, forgive me, Keona, I don't know what happened, beloved. It, it wasn't about a judgment, <laughs> but I, I don't know how to address. I have a toothache, but I'm not going to the dentist. I'm not going to the doctor. I refuse to take any medication, but I got a toothache. Can you tell me how I can fix it? Being extra. I, I don't know how to address that. Neophyte book four, what did you want to um, say? Uh, just add a little bit here, add a little bit there. You know, um, I was uh, trying to address the chakra, but then uh, when that karma cycle got thrown in there, it kind of took my mind off of it. And I was thinking, that, again, um, going back to the fear part, maybe I'm thinking, a lot of people fear uh, the shadow work because they're uh, confused about whether or not our dharma is uh, affected by our karma, our dharma and our karma, our purpose and our uh, and essentially what we've been doing. What we've been doing doesn't add up to negative energy and, and tears down what we feel our purpose in life is. Um, please forgive me because I'm trying to type and respond to people in the chat and listen to you at the same time. Uh, so please forgive. So please forgive me. Um, so so I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna answer spiritual offset. Then I need you to re-ask your question, um, Neophyte, before. Um, spiritual offset. You were told by your Bible Loud to write down your dreams, and it will be a guide to your to you finding yourself. Now, the purpose of that is well. First of all, and I'm not saying this is you. I'm just speaking to the whole audience. You can't do it for just two months and expect to see magic. That's not going to happen. Many people who journal, whether they're doing it for a therapeutic reason or a spiritual reason or a magical reason. It's a part of their routine. I don't like to use the word habit. It's their lifestyle. Just like I get up and I drink coffee, I journal, I check my email. You know, it's a part of my lifestyle. And so over time, sometimes years, you see patterns. You go back and you read things and you don't even recognize that you wrote that. You go back and see where you were in a part of your journey. In one part of my of my journal, everything is suppressing. In one part of my journal, everything was going downhill. Back in the 80s, back in the early 90s, 
I, I couldn't see being 35. I couldn't see being a spiritualist once upon a time. So everything in my journal was negative. Everything in my journal was war with me. Everything in my journal was, everything in my journal was, you know, anger with God. I can't even tell you when that changed. And I'm sure um, um, professionally the God's initiative will sort of agree with me that you never can really mark exactly that moment in time when, when things change. So you have to journal consistently to then be able to look over and look back and see yourself and be willing to see yourself honestly. Because ain't no point of journaling and writing down your dreams, writing down your thoughts, writing down your inner inner world, if you're not going to look at it honestly, if you're not going to be honest about it, moving forward. The word period has to be within itself. 
We are flesh and spirit. Come on, neophyte, go for it. Give me a chance to check that. I definitely want to go in on the chakra systems. I've been practicing my chakra system ever since high school. My high school girlfriend's mother, a blessed woman, gave me a book that changed how I looked at everything. Everything. Um, you don't want to stay stagnant in your in your chakras. You don't want to purposely keep yourself in one particular vibration. That's not how your spinal cord, your kundalini works. Messages get sent back and forth through your body all the time. Your energy gets trans, uh, transported back and forth through your body uh, without you thinking about it. And this is exactly how your chakra system works on your nervous system level. It's it's going to move anyway, whether you want to keep it there or not. You're going to try to force it there, but you're going to find yourself in an emotional state when you do that, and you're not going to be able to live with yourself doing that. You will corrupt a chakra by staying in that one chakra without letting it flow. Um, I find it funny that once you get to a certain chakra, once you get to your third chakra, and you want to elevate up to your fourth chakra, you're gonna you gotta do that shadow work because that's when you get based that mirror, that reflection of self that wants to keep you in your lower three chakras. Yes, and uh, listen, listen. You know, I have a lot in common with many of you in the room, including Kiona, and so. Again, my commentary is never for a place of judgment. And certainly not judgment that's about making people feel some kind of way. But sometimes even the therapist, even the psychologist, even the psychiatrist, even your doctor uh, has, to, has to tell a truth, say a truth that we might not be willing to hear at any given moment, you know, in time space. And then to try and address it without the help that can be challenging. Um, I'm also speaking right now to spiritual offset. I love all of your comments, spiritual offset. I, I like what you said about I had the oils, I had the you know the, the candles, you know. But that mem- that mentorship is critical, critical. L- listen, there are things that some of us can learn on our own and do and put into practice and be self motivated and not need any help, but that's a rarity. That's a rarity. Some people are not going to lose weight or make it to the gym or, or gain muscle without a partner, without an instructor, without a mentor. And if your peer group around you is not supportive, your friends, your family, the people you talk to every day, if they're not vibrating, uh, I, I want to say higher than you. Because we like to say all things equal. But all things equal can be dangerous if all of your friends are no more evolved than you are, are no more advanced than you are. And I see that a lot in social media, Twitter, Instagram. You operate in these clans, these these pods, these beehives, you know, these fan clubs. And as long as you don't elevate above me, or, or, or be perceived as below me, you're accepted into that group. But, but then you see the whole group not advancing, the whole group not growing. And then there's the viral element. 
Oh, I'm not talking about Corona. <laughs> I'm talking about the negative energy, the negative behavior, the bad behavior, the limitations that then become viral within the group. For example, I think the overuse of sage has gone viral. It's like a virus. And many of you now think that if I got sage, I'm spiritual. If I can burn some sage, I'm spiritual. If I can light some sage, I, I, I'm cleaning the air. I, I, I saved myself. I don't know why I'm still blocked. But you refuse eldership. You refuse mentorship. We refuse leadership. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. We see self-employed entrepreneurs who make it, who are self-created, who started on their own, who started businesses, industries that maybe didn't even exist, but they put in hard work. And you, and you learn every mistake, every error, you learn and you grow and you develop. But a lot of us don't have that. A lot of us don't, de- we have it, we don't demonstrate it. We have it, we don't all, you know, have the, the right conditions to put it forward. So spiritual offset, you're describing me in my early 20s. You're describing me when I was young. Had all the stones, had all the books, had all the oils, even had a few things other people didn't have. You know, I was dipping incense and, you know, doing that thing back in the 80s when it wasn't quite as popular, you know. But without maturity, without mentorship, without godmothers and godfathers and elders and sitting at the feet of others, not just what we perceive to be light, but darkness. I've learned from darkness. I've learned from dark people. I've long learned from dark scenarios, and and I compare that to smoking crack, which I've never done, by the way. Ne- ne- never done anything other than marijuana. N- never chewed a powder, none of that. So for me, the idea of of growing up in the seventies and the eighties and seeing heroin with my own two eyes, seeing crackheads with my own two eyes, the idea of now doing that didn't make any sense to me. There's plenty of crackheads around. Why then would a new generation start smoking crack? Because we all think that it's not going to be me. I'm going to somehow survive it. I'm going to be the one who the the cigarettes ain't going to kill. I'm going to be the one who can drink and drive and and never get stopped or never kill somebody or never have an accident. I'm going to, you know, and it's a human condition. It's not a judgment. It's a human condition. And American culture, Western culture, advertisement fuels it, feeds it, tells you that if you don't lose weight in a week, something wrong with you. If you ain't cute in a night, something wrong with you. And and if you ain't got it, we got it for you. 1999, we'll send it to you in the mail. So it's not personal. It's a mindset that's enforced upon us. Come on in, the guy. Thank you. 
seeking to address. Now, when we say dark matter, dark energy, we aren't necessarily speaking negative or positive. But when we start speaking shadow work, we're often speaking of of negative and and things that hide in the shadows that show up as a negative uh, in our lives. There's indeed a way to use that energy for the light, for the positive, for the good. And and that's what I'm hoping to sort of enumerate here. Um, We are more. I would need to know what context we're talking about the white circle. Are we talking about in a dream? If you see a white circle on your forehead in a dream, it would be about sixth and seventh chakras, your third eye and and your crown. It would be about raising, elevating energy, about bringing something up to a higher level, doing something at a higher vibratory rate, bringing something up to your third eye for clarity, it could also be about how you see something, how you are looking at something, how you are envisioning something. You could also be, uh, it could be a case where you're also being asked to see something more innocently. I'm, I'm feeling a scenario where there might be judgment, there might be criticism, there might be, you know, uh, preconceived ideas or notions. But if we're seeing that imagery in a dream, you're being asked to see something from a more pure state for what it is from a much more innocent um, position. If we're talking about in a dream, I need you to clarify what context are we talking about the white circle. Keisha Smith, getting crowned in your dream can be several things. It could be a call that you absolutely should be looking at past, looking at traditions, if not already actively participating in traditions and then building for, saving towards, doing the work towards a crown. It also could be very similar to what I just told uh, We Are Moors. Um, what are we being crowned? Who are we being crowned? And then what is the implication of that? So someone being crowned in their dream, you know, Shango might not have the same meaning as someone being crowned in their dream. Uh, And indeed, that power, that spirit, that deity could be speaking, could be presenting a message. Um, But more often, it's going to be symbolic of something that needs to be addressed, some level of work that needs to be attended to, something that resonates with crowning that ceremony you know, that you need to apply, you know, or, or, or address in, in your own journey. Uh, again, context matters. Content matters, but context matters probably even more, um, and particularly in shadow work. Uh, again, it's quick to say light or dark, good or bad, negative or positive, but in relation to dark matter dark energy, we're talking about science. We're talking about the universe. That's not necessarily the implication of the negative. But we feed dark energy and we create dark matter by way of our own thoughts, by way of our own energy projections. And when we don't deal with the anger, the fear, you know, the lust, whatever that energy is, 
it can become shadow work that we have to address. But, but as I've been trying to stress from the beginning of the show, it don't just dissipate or disappear because you aren't or can't do the work. It then makes its way out into the universe, and then that does add to what dark energy is. And our creation, self-creation, add to what dark matter is. We feed them with our thoughts. My mom used to say, sit, sit down, be quiet, think positive thoughts. So think good thoughts. It can change how you feel. It can change your health. It can change what's manifesting for you. Fake it if you have to until you make it. Think, think the best possible scenario. Put yourself in the best possible scenario. And then think that. Uh, I like how uh, Goddess Initiative talked about writing. I'm very careful about what I write because it, it indeed manifests. It, it indeed comes forward. So those wish lists for yourself and for your life and for your environment are very important um, in, in terms of being a tool for manifestation. Um, greetings, Matthew Ferguson. Greetings, beloved. What's your question or comment? And where are you calling from? Hey, how are you? All the time. Um, right now, I'm in, right now I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm very uh, I'm not too far from you. Well, let me, tell, let me tell a quick story. I almost ended up in Pensacola. I went to this uh, for a short time. In the eighth grade, I attended this Christian school in in the state of Maryland. And they had a connection to a much larger Christian college in Pensacola, Florida. So I yeah, almost, yeah, so I almost I almost ended up there had my life not taken a, a unfortunate detour. I would have almost ended up there and I might not have been who I am today. <laughs> so that's that's my yeah, that Yes. Now, what's your question or comment? Yeah, so um, first of all, thank you to everybody in the chat for this wonderful energy. Um, my question is in relation to shadow work um, and ancestral veneration. Um, so I'm about uh, one year into my daily ancestral veneration practice. Um, however, I am a doctor, um, and I've met heavy resistance. Um, about reaching out to my biological family. Mm-hmm. So I have been working with um, ancestors that I knew briefly in my job life. Um, and so I have, you know, four branches of, of ancestors in my uh, adopted life, but I know that I also have, you know, four or more ancestors in my biological life. Um, and recently I've done a DNA test um, and I have Right. And, 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 
Hold on. And you and you talking about the ones that you don't know, the ones that are giving you a problem, or are are you just me in general? Uh, specifically the ones that I don't know. Okay, now that's a great question. I get that a lot. I get that a whole lot. Not just from black people, not just from people who are adopted, but even families that have negative energy, you know, molestation, abuse, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, you know, poverty as it shows up in its negative forms, you know. Um, so I get that question a lot. How do I do ancestor work? Do I invoke these people? No. Do I invite these people? Not necessarily. But there are those within your family, within your bloodline, within your lineage, on the other side, that are willing to be helpful, that are willing to show up and support you, and will indeed push more information towards you, bring other people towards you. Also in my house, um, Matthew, we utilize DNA. Um, so that's important. So, so I get I tried to reach out to the physically living relatives. I, I get that. But look beyond them. Look deeper into the past. Um, that's also uh, the macrocosm. Here is the microcosm. So look deeper also into yourself. Look deeper also into your own consciousness. One thing that I've been able to learn and grow as it relates to my, my own a sort of negative relationship with my dad um, is my ability to, to relate to trauma that I can't see. So I've gotten word that my dad was traumatized, that my dad grew up in a, in a bad environment, that I didn't see, wasn't privy to, didn't have knowledge of. And so in, in, a, in a case scenario such as adoption, um, you don't have those connectors necessarily. You don't have those people to say, you know, when your parents, you know, did this or did that, or and this is how you ended up adopted, or this this is that scenario, and this is the family from which you often don't have that. So, like those of us Africans who are struggling through killing the Middle Passage, you too now have to fill in those gaps, those blanks those missing uh, details with what's available to you. And when you cannot access it in the physical realm, which might often be the case, you have to do so in the spirit realm. And these ancestors will confirm, will present themselves, will communicate, will push ideas and things forward in your best interest. And you may not have immediate confirmation. You might not get confirmation till a year later, five years later. Uh, the last show, we, we briefly talked about deja vu, uh, Neil Fightful, Core and I. And so sometimes that journaling that the Goddess Initiative and I talked about shows up years down the road. So don't fear uh, what you don't know, Matthew. Don't fear um, that negative response that, that you may have received from some of those family members. And be clear, there's somebody in the family that's not negative. Be clear of that. There's somebody in the family, and, and they may even be the married the person who married into the family, who just can't wait to tell you what happened, who just can't wait to give you details. So don't give up. Don't stop. Um, Keisha, your 
DNA results will grow <laughs> every periodically, okay? Um, I get a new first cousin, a new second cousin, a new third cousin at least once or twice a month, you know, using Ancestry.com, 23andMe. Uh, I met my father's brother, who I never knew anything about, his son. In fact, his son came here from D.C. to meet me. Um, and it was Isaac Harris, one of, the, one of the best days of my life, you know. Um, so don't give up on it. In terms of your spirit work, I suggest everybody, you've got to have a, a, a totem, not a totem, a talisman. Get a quartz crystal that is specific to you. It don't have to be as heavy as mine. You know, you don't have to invest maybe getting it set in gold or silver. You, you might keep it in a pouch. I have some that I just keep in crochet pouches. In fact, I kept this in a crochet pouch for almost 30 years before I finally had it set in silver. But it was it's always been here. So get that clear quartz crystal specimen that is specific to you, that you feel the most comfortable with, that you can hold on to, wear, speak to, work, pray with, meditate with, sleep with the most. And preferably uncut, unpolished, with as little human intervention as possible. And that, like your vitamins, will aid you in doing that shadow work. Will show you things, will reveal things to you, will speak things to you, will bring clarity to you that the family may not be willing to give you right now, that the family might not have right now. And, and, and there's always two sides to the coin. There's always two sides to the family. You got a mother and a father, and your mother and your father had two sets of grandparents. So there, it's an unlimited resource of people out there that you will connect with on your journey, especially if your photograph is accurate. You're really young, Matthew. You're just starting the journey. I, I say that a lot in this group, and, and people get offended, but y'all are young. I'm almost 60 years old. <laughs> y'all are very young, and you're just beginning your journey. And you will, and yes, I'm prophesying, you will meet people, family, who are going to be agreeable, who are going to want to communicate with you, who are going to tell you the inner dynamics of the family. And like my cousin Isaac, you, you might find out that you're hoping for, wishing for something that might be best kept away from you. I'm now responding to the earlier question about uh, Q-Bango. Would you say we signed up or agree to the experiences, good or bad, before we arrive here on Earth? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's painful for some people to hear. That's hard for some people to hear. It was hard for me. It might be hard for Matthew. It might be harmful for, for others who've had abuse or abandonment or, or whatever in, 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 your, in your background. But, yeah, we choose. We choose. We choose in line with God. We choose along with the ancestors, like a pyramid. And then we choose at, as a soul level. And you're, and you're choosing from your soul, not from your mind, not from your feelings, not from your flesh, and that's what's confusing about it. Because when we think about the negative, the good and the bad, then you think about the pain, you think about the torment, you think about what's uncomfortable, 
you, you think about what you didn't like, but you got to think about it from the soul level, from the soul level. Just like I say, soulmates is more than just what's current. Soulmates ain't about that perfect person that you're supposed to have sex with for the entirety of your life, and y'all going to be lovey-dovey, and, and that's not even realistic. Haven't y'all figured that out? That's not even realistic. That that level of, of forced, made-up monogamy that, that goes along with these well-structured religions is not authentic. Okay? It, it might be desirable and agreeable for, for a person at any particular time in their journey, but it's not natural. It's not natural. And so the idea that, you know, the missing family, Matthew, or, 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 or the missing pieces of the puzzle, you know, in terms of doing uh, shadow work, if I can just get a hold to that, if I can just meet those people, if I can just make those connections, everything is going to be okay. That's not always the case. And so when, when Isaac and I first met online, I had to tell him a lot of really negative stuff. I had to tell him a lot of really tragic stuff. And surprisingly, his dad is, is exactly like my dad. His dad and my dad are like twins in terms of their behavior, their motivations, their actions, very similar. And my dad never mentioned this brother to us, never, never. Anything about him. And so I, I, I look at my half, and I don't like to say half siblings, my brothers and sisters that my dad has had. You know, and, and the idea that he started that family, left that family from my mother, my innocent, virginal, blinded mother, you know, and how they might feel towards me and towards my sister and towards our family, which we, the kids, had nothing to do with. And so there's energy there, and that energy makes its way into your shadow work. That pain that confusion, that isolation makes its way into your shadow work. It makes its way into your social structure, how you date, why relationships don't work out, why you and men don't get along, or why you and women don't get along, or why you and whomever. I, I, I believe in five genders. Whomever. You know, it shows up in your shadow work. Why you feel like you're always overlooked for the promotion. Why you feel like you're always shortchanged. And it's really easy for us to say, oh, it's systematic racism. Oh, it's systematic white supremacy. If you're in denial of your shadow work. I had to get real about my own anger back in my 40s. My 40s, I had to get real about my anger. I had to get real that my anger is so palatable that I don't have to be angry. I don't have to say anything angry. I don't have to be talking about anything angry. And some people, that, that's immediately what they get. I've had it happen in public. Back in Walmart, back like 15 years ago, I was walking down the aisle, and, and the white lady with her cart passed right in front of me. Now, I never said anything, never. She looked at my body response. And then she responded, oh, my God, you look like you, you know, you could kill me. You know, that was her, that's what she said. But I never said that. I never expressed that. And so that becomes, that's in your shadow work. Being a kid on the street, 
created a sense of loneliness and despair and isolation that I battle every single day, even now. Somebody said the other day that I was popular. I'm not popular. Have you seen my Twitter account? I am not popular. Have you seen my Instagram account compared to some of our good friends, like the beloved T.S. Madison? I'm not, I'm not popular. I'm not popular. I'm accurate. That's why some of you are here. I'm on point. That's why some of you are here. I got a body count. That's why some of you are here. I have a reputation. That's why some of you all are here. Okay. And so we, we I, I, I'm totally in touch. Give me a moment, Neophyte, with my own shadow work. So I work extra hard not to be aggressive, extra hard to be divine all blessed, peace and love, beloved. All is a blessing. But every now and then, I'm respect the voodoo. Every now and then, I have to stand up in the voodoo is real, especially as a truth teller. And that's not popular right now. These, these tell readers aren't telling y'all the truth. The, the ones that can read are not telling you the truth. They're telling you what you want to hear. They're supporting you where you are. The idea that you go and get a reader who's exactly where you are who you view as your equal, is only going to tell you what you already know. It's only going to tell you where you are. That's why we get that feeling when you're around elders. That's why you get that feeling when you're around old people. That's why you get that feeling when you're around people who are well-grained in truth and wisdom. And we choose our words. Listen, I have Asperger's. I'm not, I, I don't like to talk. I know that's shocking to you. I don't like to talk. I don't. I'm good at it. It's a skill that I have. I'm articulate. But I don't like to talk a whole lot. That's my mama. Ask Mpani. I, I could sit in silence for days without talking to anybody. Now, I'll text you. I'll tweet you. I'll, but I don't, have to, I don't have to have that it, it, where I am in my journey. So I have to push through my own mental health, my own Asperger's, my own limitations to bring this demonstration to you every day. This is evidence of the voodoo. This is evidence of my demonstration. And so it requires being fearless of your own shadow work. You've you got to address it. So that, that anger thing, I had to address it. I mean, when I was 13, I walked past a, a, a car dealership and it exploded behind my anger. So I know what it is, beloved. I know what it is, Keona. I know what it is, Keisha. I know what it is, spiritual offset. I, I know what it is. But, but Neophyte before we got to be willing to look at ourselves honestly. And some of you are well-brained into your peer groups, by the way. Um, because of the dynamics of how I grew up um, and being a, a a watcher of humanity. I've noticed certain patterns, like in the hood, for instance, a communal thing. You know, you don't snitch, you don't tell, you know, everybody knows everybody's business, yet everybody claims not to share share anybody's business. You know, no one is more 
rich than the other. We might tolerate somebody being a little bit poor in the midst of that community, but they might be victimized. They might be treated a little bit differently. But the minute you come home with a new pair of shoes or a new book, a new mindset, or a new way of looking things, you got to leave that neighborhood. You got to leave that neighborhood. And many celebrities, many entrepreneurs, many successful people deal with that in their growth. Many quote-unquote religious folks deal with that in their growth. And so if you have people around you who are just as limited as you are, who agree with everything that you agree with, who see everything exactly the way you see things, I assure you, you're not growing. I assure you. So you've got to find elders, mentors, people, friends, family, who are just a little bit beyond you, just a little bit ahead of you, and be willing to let them pull you up and be willing to hear what, well, beloved, that might be a problem for you. And, and if you don't address it, it's going to, you know, if you're not willing to allow my experience, my tragedy, the elder's history to prevent you from the detour, then you might not always be ready to hear truth. My auntie, my dad's uh, sister, Rolene, may she rest in our room, um, my first cousin's mama, um, she had eight kids, eight kids, in a, in a huge, lovely house, which we didn't see at the time. You know, they, they lived in poverty, at least we thought most of the time. Um, the conditions of the place weren't always the best when you got that many kids coming and going. And it was only after she got older and developed cancer and, and, and things started changing and some of her kids got married and, 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 and moved away that we began to sort of see things differently. The first thing was that property. They lived in a million-dollar property, a neighborhood that is being gentrified now, right off of 55th and Dan Ryan, a na- neighborhood that's being completely gentrified right now. The second thing was, and I'll never forget, Anytime I came in town, anytime I came around, she was asking me, was I saving my money? Are you saving your money? Boy, if I had the money, you and your sister, and she was talking about my sister, Teresa, um, you know, I would have this and I would have that. And, and, and listen now, when you talk to a woman in the hood with eight kids living in a brownstone, this is a brownstone. So it's apartment downstairs with six bedrooms. It's an apartment upstairs with six bedrooms with eight kids. And she's telling you how to handle your money, but we're not listening because she black. She overweight. We're in the hood. You know, at that time, you know, the 80s, the 90s, gang violence, negative activity, and we're not hearing her. And so a lot of us had the auntie, the uncle, the cousin, your mama's friend, your daddy's friend that's trying to tell you something. And, and we thought, oh, I hear you, and we throw our hands up. Oh, I got it, and we throw our hands up until we run into a ditch, until we run into a, 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 a roadblock. So for me, I have to keep it real with y'all. I have to. I don't know anything else. I can't give you what I don't have. I have to keep it real. And so that spirit work is necessary. Necessary. 
Now, I'll tell you this. It don't have to look like me. It don't have to look like mine. But you're going to have to do it at some, at some point. Now, whether you do it in ATR, whether you do it with the psychiatrist, the psychologist, the therapist, whether you do it with the judicial system, at some point, we have to address the work. And, and when we don't, it shows up in your kids. It shows up in your grandkids. It shows up in your neighborhood. So we're going to stop the black-on-black crime. We're going to stop the, the, the kids killing each other in Chicago and Atlanta and New Orleans. We've got to address the shadow work. And if you don't set up a demonstration for these young people of people who matured and, and addressed their shadow work, then you're guaranteed another generation of drama. You're guaranteed another generation of pain. Come on in, somebody. Somebody say something, please. And I'm still here, too. Uh, I want to, uh, real, real quick, um, I, I believe, personally, uh, we see something in you, Divine uh, Prince. We, we see something in you that we are missing in ourselves. I'm not sure if everybody can relate to that, but I think that's what we're attracted to about what you're uh, presenting here on your platform. It's an opportunity to fill in that space that we know is missing, that authentic, that uh, uh, just that that truth that you're thinking about. I mean, at least I, me personally, I feel that way. That's what I get. That's what draws me in is the authenticity, the the realness. I believe the one thing we all have in common in this platform right here is that we're all highly sensitive to uh, demoralized discourse. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, we keep it funky. Yeah. Well, well, hold on. Perhaps. Hold on. Hold on. Perhaps. Perhaps. Think think about, yeah, I'm saying perhaps, and I'm going to explain. Think about the shows that keep it funky. That keep it real, that tell it like it is. Let's think. Now, don't call out any names, but let's think about those platforms. Often it's comedy, entertainment, foolishness, maybe a little read and a little shadiness every every now and again, in in the, in the context of keeping it real. But the minute we say, beloved. You gotta drink more water. You, you you just can't keep living on coffee. You just can't keep living on soda. You just can't keep living on beer. And people get in a feeling and, and and shut down on you. Then it's a whole nother thing. And so again, I think sometimes with my personality and, and even with my Asperger's, I, I don't have the wiring to sort of sugarcoat it. I, I don't have the wiring to sort of, you know tone it down to to its least common denominator so that absolutely nobody in the space is going to be offended. And even when we think of those keep it real platforms, it's a lot of people that be offended now. There'd be a lot of reasons to be offended. I mean, they talking about everything from sex, drugs, politics, crime, you know, all, all kind of stuff. But I'm the keep it real guy in terms of spirituality and religion. I, I'm the keep it real guy in terms of that showing up as it manifests in cultural, 
spiritual practice, and and ultimately in demonstration, meaning how it how it affects me right here and now, and how it affects you. So that's why I tell the truth. I, I'm not I'm not being judgmental. I, I'm really not. I'm just not truth teller. And so there's no way around the work. My regulars know I talk about the homework every single day. There's no way around it. And so you can choose not to do it with me. You choose not to do my homework, but you're going to do yours. You're going to do yours. And you're either going to do it in the university, in the institution, in your real life, on, on the streets, but you're going to do it. And in every place, there's a mentor. There's a leader, whether it's the street, whether it's the university, whether it's church, or whether it's an ATR. And if you ask me, I'm here because of House of the Divine Prince, Typhotion, Hoodoo Central. So if you ask me, yes, I'm going to say, beloved, you got to do your ancestral work. You got to do your ancestral work. You, you got to complete your initiation if that's your call. Everybody ain't meant to be called. Let's, let's be clear. Many are called, few are chosen. Everybody's not meant to be crowned. Everybody's not meant to mount Loa. Everybody's not meant to operate in the realm of Orisha. You're getting by, beloved, on your ancestors. On your ancestors. Many of us will be doing good just to do ancestral work. Just to do ancestral work. And build that foundation for yourself, your children, your grandchildren, your community, your cousins. You ain't got, we ain't all called to be witches and practitioners and vocals and hogans and mambos. That's not a reality any more than we are all called to be dentists. How many dentists are in this room? How many lawyers are in this room? How many real estate, you know, uh, salespeople are in this room. We're not all called to do the same thing. How many teachers are in this room? Well, we can't all be called to be hoodoo practitioners. If that's what this is, I need to change the name of the show. If this is how to become a witch one-on-one, I need to change the name of the show, and y'all need to give me my money if that's what this is. Okay? So we're not, we're not all called to, to, to be the preacher. I learned that in the church. Everybody can't be the lead soloist. Everybody can't be the head usher. You know, we're not all called to do the same thing. And that don't mean that there's not more than one minister. That don't mean that there's not more, more than one bishop. That don't mean it's not more than one church. Indeed, there are legitimate ATR practitioners in America. I know some of them personally. Marcus Akinbana is, is, is one of them. So there are legitimate practitioners, but I can't speak to people's rules, people's protocols, how people do things, how people organize their house. That's not why I'm here. That's not why y'all are here. If that was the case, y'all would be watching somebody else's podcast right now. You know, forgive me, Keona, beloved, please. Forgive me. Um, I wasn't trying to offend you, but so, so some of the context, Especially when it's when we 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 friendly. We've been doing this now, this audience now since the beginning of coronavirus, and and, and many others, my regulars. We've been doing this for years. Oracle Treehouse. We've been doing this 
for years. This is Yahoo 360. So she used to me. They they used to me. And, and so my, my newcomers, and particularly those of you who joined the 954, please stop doing that. Those of you who joined on recently, uh, I'm a little abrasive if you don't understand who I am. I'm a little aggressive if you don't understand who I am. But turn on your Instagram. Turn on your YouTube. I can call out some practitioners right now that you think I'm abrasive. These folks are downright offensive to the tradition, to the practice, to you, to your money, your time, and your energy. So I'm just telling the truth. I'm just keeping it real. And you can't keep telling me I'm hurt. I'm hurting. I'm hurt. I'm hurting. And and I'm, I say, put some peroxide on it. P- put a Band-Aid on it. And you're still saying, I'm hurt. I'm hurting. Go see a doctor. Go see a specialist. That's what I'm going to say. If you're suicidal, listen, I'm keeping it real. If you're suicidal, I'm not the guy to call. I'm not the guy to call. I've been through hell and back. I'm not the guy to call if you're suicidal. If I'm still here, I'm not the guy to call. I'm not going to be empathetic in that way. I'm going to be empathetic, sympathetic in a solution-oriented direction. Well, how do we fix it? What are you dealing with? What are you addressing? Well, how do we diagnose that and then apply a salve to it and then apply a remedy to it? I'm result-oriented. I'm I'm wired. When you're a kid on the street trying to I'm wired for results. How do we not complaints, not conversation? I think it was the spiritual offset. Somebody talked about just people getting addicted to the conversation of it. That ain't me. I don't have that much time. And anyone who has had a reading from me knows that I, I don't even give you an opportunity to go into all of that. I go right into the spirit right into the reading. And often I won't let you talk for 35, 45 minutes in a reading. Ask somebody in this room who's had a reading for me. I don't even let you say anything. And so that's that's confidence. That that's belief in, in spirit. That's experience. I trust spirit so much that I'm willing to put my reputation on the line. And talk for 45 minutes without letting you say anything. I'm willing to do that because I trust spirit. I've seen it. And almost 99.9, no, 98. I'm going to be honest. 98% say, bro, you just blew me off the water. You just blew me away. That's why people keep coming. That's why I'm still here. That's why I'm still valuable. And so don't get it twisted. I wouldn't be where I am if I was abrasive, if I was aggressive, if I attacked people. If people, people only feel those feelings often when I'm free. I'm giving away some jewels here, you, you tarot readers. You tarot readers, I'm giving away some jewels because you know what I'm talking about. You give free readings, they're going to have all kinds of things to say about it. They, they, they don't even value it. We don't value the ninety-nine. Yeah, we don't value the ninety-nine cent store like we value Saks Fifth Avenue. You, you understand? 
So I'm a little, especially in this format, which appears to be free, but it's not. I have to pay for this. Some of y'all know that. Uh, but, but for you, it appears to be free. And that's why I invite you to support the Patreon, and many of you are. Thank you so kindly, um, Arisha and, and Chef Bougie and all of you all who, who support me in the Patreon. I, I certainly appreciate that. But life is not free. Look at nature. Look at the animal kingdom. Life ain't free. It's a cost for everything. And, and so what we think is free, what we think is a quick fix, what, what we think is a quick de- destination, you pay for it somewhere. It shows up later on somewhere. And, and that's the easiest way to envision shadow work. That's the easiest way to envision shadow work. It, it's, it's the very things that we don't want to see, can't see, struggling to see that hide in the shadow because it's not right out in the light. It's not right out in front of you. And then there's that which indeed exists in darkness. And, and that's a whole other level to this, this uh, uh, conversation. Uh, I appreciate you all. We've done ooh, two hours and a, two and a half hours. I, I really, just want to tell you something real quick. Come on. Yeah, I can hear you. I found out the reason of why I'm kind of stuck. Because I started back in 2017 with the Baba Law. And he gave me the reading. He told me that Ugu was over my head as a child. So I said, well, this is kind of why I'm not accepting of so many religions, many different things. It's always been kind of strange to me. So when I started doing what he told me, he told me to open up the ancestor altar and to work on the ancestor altar, give them water, I feed them. I said, I want a little more. I started feeding them. I gave them, I found money for them. I did, I used to have a kind of music they like and different things. So when it happened, I started taking on my ancestor, like my mom had back problems. My mom had um, pain all over different things. I started taking on different things that my ancestor confused me. Mm-hmm. I started taking on pain and, and the suffering that they had went through. And it, it, it scared me. And after um, I did that, I, I was taking my spiritual bath and everything, and it helped for a minute. And then, but it seemed like it, it, still, it, it got worse. And it got worse. So then um, I said, all right, I'm going to go ahead and see if I need to clear my robes. That's when I went to uh, Papa Legba. I worked with Papa Legba. He cleared my robes. Everything was fine. I, 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 even, I even gave him his offering. Even the same with Ukun or any of them. I gave him, I always paid him, but I never asked for nothing. I never asked him to do nothing for me. I just, you know, Gave them because I believe that some was all my ancestors too. So what had happened is that while I'm dealing with Papa Legba, Ugun, and Ushu, giving out offerings and different things, but not on the same altar, mm-hmm. I kept them separate. I started going through so much pain, Chief. I'm still going through it. Like everything that my mom went through, I'm going through with it. The diabetes, I, I don't have it, but I feel the nausea that she felt. What is going on? I don't understand. Um, it's several things. One, it's a warning. One, it's a warning. 
And so address the warning. Let your mother's life be an example. And so by all means, you know, your mother wouldn't want you to repeat her pain, her suffering, her behavior. So manage your diet. Manage your, your, your weight. Manage your exercise. Manage your stress. Manage how you're living. That, that, that's the first thing. Become a demonstration. That's the second thing. So guard your children. Guard your other family members to the best of your ability because, you know, some of your family ain't going to let you tell them what to eat and, you know, and how to live. But, but that which is in, in your control, that which is, which is in your reach, that which is in your, within your influence, and, and, of course, by your own demonstration, let it not repeat itself through you. Diabetes, we look at that as biological. We look at that as health. But, but it's a generational curse. It is within itself a generational curse. And, and the shadow work is addressing, you know, not just slavery, but what created this diabetes, what led up to the diabetes. So we have to look at diet. We have to look at, you know, how much fluid, how much water you're taking in. What, what, what other fluids are you drinking? We have to look at how you're living. Again, how you process has process stresses. And so I, I would say it's, it's a warning. It's a strong warning. I, I would also say it's a confirmation. You know, people often, you know, want to know, well, what's supposed to happen when I do ancestral work? You know, what, what kind of magic am I supposed to see? You know, uh, and, and it's not quite magical, no more than giving birth to a child is magical. But it is, uh, uh, I want to say it's science, you know, the development and continuance of that relationship with that ancestral memory that, that stands up in your DNA. And so it'll come through dreams. It'll come through real world events. It can come through body, you know, representation of, I have a little dent in my chest. It's filled out a great deal in the last, uh, I would say in the last 10 years or so, but it's still there right here. Uh, my dad in his criminal life path um, got into a shootout with, with the police uh, and he was shot and, and, and the police was shot. And I've had this, this dent, this indentation in my chest all my life. Now I've never been shot. I've never broken a bone. Um, I think I've been in maybe three fights in my entire life. You know, I, I have no reason to have it. I, I believe it to be ancestral memory. I, I believe it to be a, a passing down of. Now, in terms of energy itself, you know, yeah, I've had to defeat his energy, his presence, and, and all those energy patterns that led up to that moment in, in time. And, and again, we don't always know the details of that. We, we don't always know, you know, every aspect of why mom is the way she is, why dad is the way they are, what grandma and granddad were like, and, and particularly now, where many families don't have that information, particularly what we call broken homes and, and families that are single-headed. So there's a lot of information that, that's missing. So just keep doing the work. Keep Praying, keep chanting, keep keeping a journal, keep paying attention 
to what's being said. Pay attention to what's happening when you feel certain symptoms. Journal that. Make that also part of your journal. And I assure you, you'll, you'll gain clarity. Yeah, I'm going to see this in my Shadow work. 
Because particularly black people, we're taught not to air your laundry in public. Well, 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 let's not discuss that. You know, but even within the community, you know, snitches get stitches, right? So even in the community, we are not willing to face truth. We are not willing to face reality. You know, so as practitioners of, of ATR and particularly voodoo and laying this foundation for the future, we have to be honest. We have to be honest about who we are, where we are in this journey, what we have, what we don't have. Stop feeling like you need to be accepted by these communities that don't speak our language, that require a passport for us to get there, that require ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for you to go and be a part of a ceremony that you can't even interpret, you know, and, and explain. You know, we don't have to do that anymore. But also, we don't have to become overnight one of these witches either. That is also not the alternative. <laughs> you know, and that's an alternative that I believe is being pushed to dilute ATR, to dilute the power of, of voodoo and ancestor worship for us in, in its most true form. If we can steal that and mix that up with paganism, mix that up with tourism, Mix that up with witchcraft. Mix that up with Halloween. You know, the same oppressors stay in position to control. The same leaders stay in position to control. And listen, I don't get on here and complain a whole lot. I really don't. Despite what y'all think about what little, I don't complain a whole lot. It's a whole lot that I can say. A whole lot. I'm on the inside of this. It's a whole lot that I can say. People that I could call out, individuals that I could call out, businesses that I could call out, institutions that I can call out, I ain't got time. We got too much time to do what's for us. We got too much time to build what, but let me be clear, there are many who would rather I be silent. There were many who would rather I not be here. There, were, there are many who would rather I was not relevant. There are many who wish I would pack up and move to another town. Another city, another community. I'm not going anywhere. Voodoo ain't going anywhere. House of Divine Prince ain't going anywhere. It's already set to live beyond me. Typoses ain't going anywhere. It's already set to live beyond me. (laughs) Voodoo Central LLC is already set to live long beyond me. Long beyond me. Whenever the ancestors call me. This will live. This will live. So your hateration is misplaced. Your feelings are misplaced. Do your work. Do your work. Do what you went to Nigeria and spent all that money for. Bring that back and feed the community. Stop backstabbing me. Stop dirty, trying, trying to dirty my name. Stop trying to bastardize what I'm doing because my reach is great. Have have no doubt. My reach is great. I'm not a self-proclaimed celebrity reader. I am a certified celebrity reader. I am global. I am worldwide representing voodoo. And I'm here to birth practitioners. I'm here to birth healers. I'm here to birth leaders. I'm here to birth readers. I'm here to birth people working expert professionally in this tradition. 
Don't practice on me. That's not what I'm doing. Don't practice on me. Practice on your time and don't practice on other people. (laughs) Practice on yourself. (laughs) Practice on yourself. Practice on your time and then bring that forward. Come on in, beloved.
provisions. We got processes already in place that you gain, that you learn, that you obtain through your development in the tradition that protect you, guard you, and, and it can be complex um, just in terms of Orisha, that there's certain Orisha that are lined up in an authentic Ifa divination that are part of that process. Now, I would also, you know, if you're a tarot reader or crystal ball reader or, you know, other forms of more modern reading, cleaning, being cleansed, and, and then how, see, people think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop saying that. People think that I'm just being particular. But if you don't have the training, if you don't have a system you're working from, then, yeah, you're going to be much more apt to be that botanical customer who's coming in for that special bath, that green bath, that red bath, that yellow bath. All of that is made up, by the way. Um, that, that magical cleanse that's going to do A, B, or C. Whereas for many of us, it's coming straight out the garden. It's coming straight off the tree. It's coming straight out of nature, you know, and, and you, you make the baths, you make the concoctions that your elders, your godparents teach you to cleanse, to purify. Um, we burn things. There are certain stones, minerals that I put into place when I'm reading. Um, so, so there are many ways to come at that. Um, what system are you using? Certain things need to be cleansed longer than others. Certain things need to be uh, attended to longer than others. So tarot readers, for instance, are the most vulnerable. Tarot is the most vulnerable. Tarot cards, paper is the most unstable. It's already been processed. It's already had many human hands interacting with it. I, I don't care who designed it. I don't care where it's made. Tarot cards are the most unstable. And so they open you up to the most free radicals of energy, if I can use a medical term. Every time you shuffle, every time you turn those cards over, you're turning over fate. Yours and the people that you are reading. I stress strongly back in the day that if you're learning tarot cards, study the book. Don't play with the cards. Study the book. Play with the book that came with the cards. Or study books that teach about tarot. But don't play with the cards. Once you start turning them over, revealing those signs, you're moving fate around. Every time you do it, you're moving fate around. It's not a toy. If you're reading and you're serious, it's not a toy. If you're reading and it's for entertainment, it might be a toy. If you're, if you're doing this for entertainment and fun, your Ouija board, you might think it's a toy. But the reality is it's a real spiritual tool. And based on the element in which it is created in and which it is pulled from, certain things apply in terms of protecting yourself, guarding yourself. Why is it that we start creating magical circles and putting down salt lines and, and red brick dust when we start talking about ritual work, but you don't do that when you do a reading. Why is that? You don't do that when you're doing other, like Reiki, for instance, which is a very volatile uh, uh, art form to go into. You're now manipulating people's energy. You're now projecting into sucking back out of people's energy when you're doing Reiki. 
And I, I and forgive me, you know, when I think about all the Reiki practitioners that I've known in the last 20 years, um, I count on one hand the ones that are stable, that are stable. So, yeah, be careful about what system you're reading from that you're utilizing. Some systems, again, we draw from spirit. We draw from Loa and Orisha. Where are you drawing from when you're throwing tarot cards? Just like the Ouija board, you're now open up to the to the universe and the most unstable aspect of the universe. So that's why a lot of tarot readers have a bunch of stuff on their table or in their space. And it's very specific to the reader. Also, where you read from is also critical to protecting and guarding your energy. You got to have sacred space. You can't say I'm a tarot reader or I'm a reader and I'm working on the phone or I'm working on the computer and then all of this is just clutter and a mess. You're not you you setting up spaces for the negative energy to to hide and to stick with you and to stay with you. So clarify your space, clarify where you're reading from, clarify the system that you're reading from and, and the spirits attached to that system and how they need to be acknowledged. Uh, when I think about, you know, churches, for instance, and I'm saying this from a mom, prophets who prof and, and, and evangel- evangelists that pick you out of the crowd and, and start speaking over you and saying things about, that's a form of reading. That's a form of reading. And so we assume the sacredness of the space, where it's being done. We assume the order of a service, how it's done, how it's presented. You know, the, the preacher got his napkin sweating all over the place, you know. Might have that olive oil or that holy water, you know, or whatever. But, um, yeah, and then we can talk about that some more. I got people at my door. I'm really running out of time. That might be my celebrity appointment. But I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for being with me for another powerful edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. All is truly and indeed a blessing. Ashe. I'm not getting a lot of value. I got some theme music going, but it's not loud, and I can't explain why. Okay, let me try this.
Oh. 